years of ministry of our dear Pastor Rob Boo. And we are thankful that the Lord has blessed us. Yes. So the Bible says that we should consider our leaders, the one that preached the word to us. And as we consider them, consider the way that they have lived and to imitate their faith. And we are thankful for the life of Pastor Rob. And today we want to celebrate the Lord and celebrate the goodness of God in our church. And I will say this, Pastor. Today we want with our words, words of affirmation, honor your life and your ministry. And we want to give all glory to God for that. So let's stand up, please, church, and let's worship the Lord in this beautiful day. He is great and he is worthy to be praised.
lift our voices together. Let's sing. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend. Who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of your name in this place, Father, as we continue to worship you. Let's sing this out. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me singing when evening comes. Bless, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. We'll sing like never before, oh my soul. Worship your home. Your name is great 
this is our prayer this morning. And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years in praise us sing this out together you are my strength you are my strength when I am weak you are the treasure that I seek you are my all in all seeking you as a precious jewel Lord to give up I'd be a fool you are Because if it was, if it was because of you, Jesus, none of us could stand in the presence of God, righteous, judge, holy, creator of all. And look at him at his face. It's because of you, Jesus. It's because of your perfect life. It's because of your death at the cross. It's because of your resurrection that you have make a way for us to be in the presence of God. And your word says, Jesus, that when you ascended into heaven, you gave gifts to your people. Among those gifts, men and women that serve, pastors that will walk with us, 
thank you for those gifts that you bless the church with, like your word says. Thank you that as we come together as your body, Jesus, as your family, as your church, our prayer is that your life may be reflected in each and every life in this place. That all of us, our brothers and sisters, will reflect your life and we will honor the Father as we live our lives in the power of your Spirit. We pray that as we come together as a church, little glimpses of heaven may be displayed in the way that we love one another and forgive one another and encourage one another. Lord, we're thankful for Pastors Rob, and we pray your blessing upon his life and his family this morning and on. And we're thankful for your blessing upon our church, undeserving. But your grace, your grace has been displayed. Your faithfulness has been displayed in this, in this church for years and decades and generations. And now, Lord, allow us to worship you as we bring our offerings and tithes. Thank you that we can give back to you of all the many blessings that you have blessed us with. It is an honor for us, Lord, to be part of what you're doing in this community, in this city, in this county, in this nation, in this world. Use us, Lord, for the glory of your name. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and the church says, amen. You may be seated, church. Good morning, it's so great to see you here today. My name is Michael and I serve with our creative team. Take a moment to fill out the connect card on the welcome guide you received when you walked in. Fill out what you're comfortable sharing and even if you don't fill out the front, you can add a prayer request on the back. Our team would love to be able to pray for your needs and celebrate how God is working in your life. On your way out, you can drop it in the connect card boxes by the doors or take it to the welcome desk after service to meet some of our team, ask any questions you might have, and if this is your first time with us, we'd love to give you a free movie night kit as our thank you for joining us today. If you're new to Wheaton Bible and want to learn more about who we are as a church and start connecting with others, then you're invited to join us for step one of the growth track next week. The monthly growth track is made up of two consecutive weekly experiences designed to help you grow in your relationship with God, connect to the church, and reach your full potential. Next week at step one, we'll get to know each other, dive into what life is all about at Wheaton Bible Church, and ask any questions you have. It takes place during the 1030 service, and you can register at wheatonbible.org slash getinvolved. Overseeing our church, keeping leadership accountable, is a board of elders. Each fall, a nomination committee is tasked with finding new elder candidates to be confirmed by church members. Right now, the nominating committee is seeking nominations for elders. If you have someone in mind that would be a capable elder for our board, we encourage you to pick up an elder nomination packet from the welcome desk, review qualifications for our board, and submit your candidate to the committee. That's all for today. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We hope you have an amazing week. special to be with you this morning. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Shannon Nearman. I'm Rob's oldest daughter, 
and most of my family is here this morning to celebrate Dad's 25th anniversary serving at Wheaton Bible Church. They're going to stand up now, and you can welcome them. <laughs> so we have a large blended family, as you may know. All my siblings and step-siblings are here. Most of our spouses, some of our kids. Um, but when we first came to Wheaton Bible, when we booze first came here 25 years ago, this is what we looked like. Well, it's coming. We were little. <laughs> um, but we have gotten older and we've gained some more people. There's some more recent photos coming up too. So I don't know how well you know my dad. I wanted to start by sharing with you just a few of my favorite things about him. One is that dad's idea of a vacation has nothing to do with relaxation. Instead, it involves setting goals of new skills to learn and getting up before dawn to climb mountains. But he convinced us all that this kind of vacation was the best. He is an eternal optimist. He lets us tease him about his long list of rare and bizarre surgeries and ailments. And he is a completely uninhibited dancer at weddings and generally brings fun and enthusiasm wherever he goes. I love my dad, and it's hard to believe that it has really been 25 years at Wheaton Bible. I was asked to reflect on this for a few minutes this morning, on God's faithfulness to our family through these years that we've been with you. You know, people are often curious about pastors' families. You may have even heard that some pastors' kids struggle because they feel like they're sacrificed for their parents' work and ministry. I can honestly say that that is not our story. My dad was there for us. When we were kids, he was there at bedtime, he was there at dinner, he usually fell asleep himself, putting us to bed at night. He was there for after school nights, back to school nights, he was there for cross country meets, all of our games. Um, as kids, it's not like it was rosy all the time, but we were absolutely treasured and valued and intentionally nurtured in our faith. And as adults, my dad is there for us. He's always the first one to call and text, and if it's been a while, to say, you haven't forgotten about me, have you? As an adult now, I see that you as a congregation must have honored the boundaries that he and my mom put into place. You recognized that he needed to be completely present with his family and could still serve wholeheartedly as your pastor. I am really grateful for this. I think we're all really grateful for this, that we got to be pastor's kids in a healthy family and a healthy church. Not a perfect family or perfect church, but healthy. When I think about God's faithfulness to our family, it's hard not to think about the period surrounding my mom's battle with cancer. You know, we had grown up watching our parents always counseling others, always giving, serving, leading, and it was an incredible thing to have the tables turned and just receive so much. I remember one day coming home, it was either shortly before or after my mom had died, and finding this Starbucks gift card that someone had sent us. It was a small thing, but it came after a year of receiving three meals a week, of having our lawn mowed, 
of being given airline miles to travel to Houston for her treatment, of having nurses from the church come to our house multiple times a week and help my mom. And I looked at that card and had this overwhelming feeling that we could never properly express gratitude. Our debt was too big. There was absolutely no way to repay what we had been shown. We could only receive it. I'm thankful that God brought us here to Wheaton Bible. As kids, our faith was nurtured here. We formed some of our sweetest friendships here. Dad met Rhonda here, and we became a blended family. And this church has loved our family. You haven't expected us to be perfect, but you've honored our dad as a whole person who has a wife, kids, grandkids, friends, siblings, and extended family. I think I can speak for all of us when I say that we're truly grateful for these 25 years. So I'd like to invite Jim up next to share about life as my dad's friend. Good morning, church. Uh, my name is Jim Getz, and it's a distinct joy for me to share as a friend of Rob for the past 25 years. Actually, it's a little over that. Um, it's a joy for us to celebrate here this morning as a church. For Rob, for his beautiful wife, Rhonda, and for the ginormous Boo Williams family. I, how many of you are there? At, um, this is just a, a special time to praise God for his faithfulness. Uh, Rob and I have hit it off since his first day here uh, at Wheaton Bible Church. Uh, technically, right, that's the old church uh, over there. We met in the men's room, and uh, <laughs> we, we have not stopped talking uh, since. Uh, early on, Rob also met with the Providence adult community, and we have a picture here of three young men from uh, that Providence adult community uh, who are also you know, friends of Rob. I'm speaking on behalf of all of you who are friends of Rob. And my first observation as a friend of Rob is that he's getting a lot older. Um, uh, more seriously, I'd like to share just two thoughts about Rob's friendship to me, to my family, and to all of you. First, as the Bible says in Proverbs 27, 5 and 6, friends tell you the truth. Rob's a friend who tells you and me the truth about God. He tells us on Sundays, and for those of us who get to share life with him, he shares the truth all the time. He preaches the whole word of God, not just the parts that tickle our ears. Rob is also a friend who tells me the truth about himself. We've all been around people who carefully craft images of themselves. Rob is definitely not that kind of pastor, nor is he that kind of friend. Rob shares his victories, and Rob shares his defeats. In fact, Rob uses a phrase in confession, which I wish I would humbly use more often. It's this, I really blew it. And, uh, you know, you know uh, those come at, at rough times for Rob and me when we say that to each other. But boy, I'm glad he says it. Because that's when we go to our knees and we pray together. Rob's also a friend that tells me the truth about me. Uh, unfortunately, Rob uses the same phrase, only he sticks a gym in front of it. 
while it can sting, wounds from my friend Rob can be trusted. Rob is a friend who tells the truth. Secondly, as the Bible says in Proverbs 17, 7, a friend loves at all times. To net this out, Rob has shared in your joys and sorrows. He has shared his joys and sorrows, and he has shared in my joys and sorrows. Just two examples. Uh, you all know that Rob has experienced uh, the sorrowful loss of, of his first wife. As Hannibal shared a few weeks ago, God doesn't expect us to bury our sorrows. He wants to love us through our sorrows. Rob has lost many things in this life. I won't go into them, but one of them, you know, he used to be a really cool young guy. He's lost that. Uh, seriously, he wrote a book about living through sorrow, which I have passed on to many friends in difficult times. That book is called When the Bottom Drops Out, and he shares his sorrow. Let me end, though, with the other side of sorrow, which is joy. Uh, there's great joy in being Rob's friend. He's a lot of fun. Uh, he laughs a lot. Uh, he laughs at himself. We laugh at him, particularly when he dances at the weddings. He laughs at me, and he laughs at you. For the two of us, some of our best fun and some of our serious laughter has been on the water. A video is worth a thousand words. Thankfully, we never show you the end of those runs. <laughs> Rob, thank you for being our pastor. Thank you for being our friend. Thank you for being my friend. Happy 25th anniversary. So how do I follow that? You guys see those arms? <laughs> but did you see his legs? <laughs> right before I came up, Rob says, your job is on the line. <laughs> As a, let me move this to the side. As a church, we believe that we are what we are because of the grace of God and because God has been faithful. As a church, we believe that the kind of, any kind of success we may have, we have it because of the grace of God and because God has been faithful. We believe that anything we are and everything we have is because God is a God of a steadfast love and his love endures forever. On the other hand, we, we also acknowledge and believe that one of the ways in which God shows his faithfulness is through faithful leaders.
One of the ways in which we experience the grace of God is through imperfect but faithful leaders. That's what we see in the narrative of the Bible. That's what we see in the history of Christianity. Our faithful God, time and time again, usually works through imperfect and faithful leaders. It was through the imperfect and faithful Noah that God would make a covenant with his people. It is through the imperfect and faithful Abraham that God would bless the nations. It was through the imperfect and faithful Jacob that God would, would raise a nation. It was through the imperfect and faithful Joseph that God would protect his people. It was through the imperfect and faithful Moses that God would deliver his people. It was through the imperfect and faithful prophets that God would speak his truth. It was through the imperfect and faithful prophet, um, uh, disciples that God would start the, the church in the New Testament. And it was through, and it has been through imperfect and faithful leaders, pastors, and elders that God continues to build his kingdom. The reason why we want to honor God, we want to glorify God and honor Rob here today, is because Rob is one of those imperfect but faithful leader. The question is how? How is it that the Lord has used Rob here for 25 years? And for that, we're going we're to spend a few minutes looking into Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 and 8. Because we are a church, I'm going to ask you to please stand for the reading of God's word as a sign of reverence to him. And Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 and 8 go like this. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Lord, we pray that you speak to us as we try to glorify your name and honor Rob. Please make it clear to us. Why is it that you have used Rob for 25 years in this place? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I find that interesting in this text that there are three imperatives, three commands. He calls us, the author calls us to remember, to consider, and to imitate. And I actually, I think that those are the three imperatives, the reason why we are, are, we are honoring Rob today after 25 years of ministry. The first command there in Hebrews 13 says that we ought to remember our leaders. Notice that it doesn't say that we need to remember how cool Rob is, even though you're pretty cool, or used to be pretty cool. <laughs> Notice that it doesn't say that we ought to remember how funny Rob is, because we know that Rob is not that funny. <laughs> Notice that it doesn't say that we ought to remember how eloquent or charismatic our leaders are. Uh, remember them because they're charismatic or, ele or eloquent. The, actually, the Bible says that the reason why we ought to remember our leaders is because they spoke the word of God to us. Now, the context of this letter is extremely important for you to understand that verse. This is a pastor writing to suffering people. This is a pastor that understands that the most important thing a pastor could do for his church is to preach and teach the Word of God. Everything else is secondary. This is a pastor that is writing to a group of people that because of their faith, 
They are being persecuted and humiliated, and they're losing relatives, and they're experiencing all kinds of things because they decided to follow Jesus. And this pastor knows that in the midst of trouble and in the midst of pain and in the midst of everything that goes wrong, the only and the most important thing is always the Word of God. Imperfect but faithful pastors know that. They know that the only thing that has the power to keep you not from problems but through problems is the Word of God. They know that the only thing that has the power to reveal the secrets of our hearts is the Word of God. The only thing that has the power to confront and convince us of our sin and in our need of a Savior is the Word of God. Imperfect but faithful pastors know that the only thing that has the power to transform the broken, to heal the wounded, to encourage the disencouraged, and to save the sinner is the Word of God. And it happened to be that we have a pastor that for 25 years, in an average of 35 sermons per year, has preached about 875 Sunday sermons. 875. And you don't know, no, no, wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> and you don't know this, but I know this, that for every sermon Pastor Rob has preached in this place, he has invested about 20 hours per week per sermon. That's about 17,000 hours of prep and delivering time of the Word of God. I'm not including any of the midweek teachings that he has done, men's and whatever all the teaching he has done, which that would add another thousands and thousands of hours of commitment to the Word of God. So, Rob, the reason why we honor you today is not just because you have been a man of vision, and you have. It's not because you have been a courageous leader, and you have. It's not just because you have been a man worthy of admiration, because you're worthy of admiration. The main reason why we honor you today is because you undivided commitment to the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. And for that, we thank you, our imperfect and faithful pastor. Now you can clap. The second thing that Hebrews 13 calls us to do is to consider the outcome of our pastor's life. Now, the word considered there is to look carefully or to pay close attention. The word outcome there is talking about accomplishments and success. Actually, the word outcome there has to do with the definition of the pastor's greatness. What is it that a pastor considered to be great? So the way I would translate that sentence is something like this. That the church is called to pay close attention to your pastor's definition of greatness. Now, in our culture and in our time, greatness is related to, or we relate greatness to fame or publishing books or speaking in different conferences or being known as a celebrity. And I think that our pastor is a little bit of all of that. But an imperfect and faithful pastor has a different definition of greatness. His definition of greatness doesn't have anything to do with books or conferences or popularity or even the size of the church. 
a good pastor has a definition of greatness that has to do with sacrifice. A faithful pastor's definition of greatness has to do with sacrifice. John chapter 10, the Bible calls, uh, calls pastors to shepherd and lay down his life for the sheep. In Matthew chapter 20, it says this, whoever, whoever want to be great among you, you must be, must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, when he talks to pastors, he calls pastors to care and to watch over the sheep and to be eager to serve. See, um, an imperfect and faithful pastor knows that when God called them to church ministry, he called them to a life of sacrifice. He called them to a life of uh, sacrificing comfort many times and sacrificing sometimes family time. He knows that he, God calls him to a sacrifice reputation to make right decisions. He knows that call, God called him to disadvantage himself for the sake of the church. An imperfect and faithful pastor knows that greatness is not measured by how much he has accomplished, but how much he has sacrificed. But by how much he has sacrificed. So Rob, so Rob the reason why we want to honor you today it's not just because the Lord has used you to build this amazing church. Not just because he has used you to send missionaries all over the world. Not just because you have led this church well through difficult times. But the reason why we honor you today is because you have been willing to sacrifice yourself. You have been willing to lead even when it has been painful to you. You have been willing to lead even when you are suffering yourself. You, are being willing, you have been willing to lead even when you have lost friends because of that. You have been willing to sacrifice even your reputation for the sake of this church. And for that, we thank you, our imperfect and faithful pastor. And lastly, Hebrews 13 calls us to imitate our leader's faith. That's a scary sentence. Because he says that the life of a pastor is a public life. He calls pastors to live a life in such a way that people could learn by their faith, by their lifestyle, by the way he lives. In other words, that's the call of a pastor to show the congregation the object of his faith. The best thing an imperfect and faithful pastor can do for his congregation is not to draw attention to himself, is not to put himself as a savior, is not to seek to be recognized and adored, is not even for people to remember your sermons. The best thing a pastor can do for a Christ church is to point them to Jesus time and time again. Let me go back to the context of the letter for a second because I think it's important. These are suffering Christians, losing hope, losing everything that is precious to them, feeling lonely and rejected, starting to wonder if even God is for them. That's the context of the letter. And in 12 chapters, there's only one topic, one theme, one subject, Jesus. 
And that's the reason why in this amazing book, the word better appears 11 times. In chapter 6, verse 9, says that Jesus is the author of a better salvation. In chapter 7, verse 19, it says that it is because of Jesus that we have a better hope. It's in chapter 7, 22, that we find that Jesus guarantees a better covenant. In chapter 8, verse 6, it says that Jesus establishes better promises, that Jesus is a better sacrifice, that in Jesus we have better possessions, that Jesus secures a better country, a heavenly one, that it is because of Jesus that we will experience a better resurrection, that is in Jesus that we have a better future, and that Jesus speaks a better word. That is the reason why in verse 8, the author of the book of Hebrews says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. See, a faithful pastor knows that everything in life is about Jesus. That he is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. That he is sufficient, that he is supreme, that he is all we need. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because our pastor believes that. In every message, every sermon, he points us to his source of joy, his source of security, his source of satisfaction, his source of significance. He knows that Jesus is better than anything and everything else. So, Rob, the reason why we want to honor you today is because, you, because of your godly, obsession with Jesus and because you truly believe who he is and what he did for you. We honor you today because you have showed us that Jesus is truly the object of your faith, that Jesus for you is truly better than anything else. And that's the reason why you have committed yourself for 25 years to preach the word of God because you know and have believed that the whole Bible is about Jesus. The reason why you have been willing to sacrifice for the church is because you know and you truly believe that you have the ultimate shepherd that first sacrificed for you. You know that the reason, the reason why you have done everything that you have done is because you have been willing to serve and suffer because your Savior suffered and served you first. And for that, we thank you, our imperfect and faithful pastor. See, I, I don't know about you, but I don't need a celebrity pastor even though we have one. I want a pastor like the one Hebrews 13 describes. And that's the one that the Lord in his grace and mercy has allowed us to have. Dwayne, please come to the front. Good morning, church. My name is Dwayne Martin, and I currently serve as the elder chairman. And the men here with me have served during this 25 years that Rob has been our senior pastor. They've served in the role of chairman of the board of elders. So the five of us have been a part of working with Rob as chairman of the board of elders. And what a just a delightful time this morning is celebrating Rob's faithfulness. The next section will be about his imperfections, and no, we're not going to do that this morning, um, although we could. Um, the, 
Rob is a, a very dear friend of us, of, our, of each one of us, and he's impacted our lives very personally as chairman of the board and as, as our elders and as I know you as a congregation. He's touched our lives and he's called us personally to be salt and life in the world, to be in the marketplace and have an impact for Christ in the marketplace, to be called, he's called us to be godly parents, he's called us to gospel-centered living. He's impacted our lives personally, and he's impacted our lives as a congregation and as a church. 25 years ago in 1994, um, Chuck Stair was leading our initiative to find the next senior pastor. And it was a difficult time for our church. It was a time when we had gone through a church split, and there was, there was a, just a very complex and difficult time in our church. But God uh, led us to Rob Boone. I'd like Chuck to talk about how uh, the church, God's will was revealed that Rob would be our next senior pastor. Chuck. Thank you, Duane. And it was a difficult time at our church. We had had a great decrease in our attendance, and there were many hurting people in our congregation over past incidences and issues. But God was really good. But I remember one of our search committee member saying to me, well, Chuck, will anybody want to come to this church? And it reminded all of us on the search committee at that time that we really needed the Holy Spirit and the help of the Holy Spirit and God in the choice of the man that was going to come for our church. So we began the process of casting a wide net and coming up with names. We talked to Christian leaders, uh, presidents of schools, and uh, other Christian organizations to gather these names. And I remember being at an event at the college church that I met the new president of Wheaton College, Dr. Duane Litvin, and I took the opportunity to ask him if he knew anybody that we might talk to. And he described a young man that had worked as his associate pastor in Memphis. And that was the first time that I heard the name Rob Boo. Coincidentally, a week later, I was talking to Joe Stoll, uh, president of Moody Bible Institute at the time, and he also recommended Rob Boo. He had been at Dallas Theological Seminary with Rob. And so Rob's name came up twice. Well, as our committee began to interview candidates, at the end of each of our interviews, we would ask the committee to vote and see if they wanted to take the next step forward with that person, which would have been inviting them back for another interview and getting them involved with the elders. Well, our committee never coalesced around anybody until Rob came. And then we had a, uh, a vote unanimous to recommend that we bring Rob back for the next uh, round of interviews. And we got the elders involved, a number of people in church involved. And uh, as the elders got to know, know him, they voted unanimously to take Rob forward as our candidate. Rob came and preached that summer. And we began to pray about the congregational meeting that was going to come up. You know, all that our church had been through we wanted to really have an overwhelming vote that would bring the next pastor to our church. And we prayed to that end. 
and the Lord was gracious and kind, and we had a, <clears throat> a 97% vote to call Rob as our next pastor. And he graciously accepted and uh, came and began preaching that fall. And I remember how he was not only a, a growing good speaker, but that he had wise leadership. And I remember some people asked him questions about the past. Look what happened to me during the past. And Rob had a wonderful standard answer. He would say, you know, I can't, <clears throat> I can't change the past for any of you. But if we work together and focus on the future, God can do great things in this church. And we did. And <clears throat> even as you stand or sit here this morning, in this auditorium, it's a testimony, a testimony of the way God worked through Rob to help this church become a different church and a big church, but also a church reaching more and more people. So praise God for the wonderful process we went through. Thank you, Chuck, and thank you for your faithful service. Uh, Chuck wins the award for the length of time being chairman of the board uh, as we, we stand here. He's served uh, under, served many years as chairman of the board. The, um, as I mentioned, Rob has impacted our lives personally, and he's also impacted our congregation in many ways as he's led us through new initiatives. One of those was the moved in 1996 to a, a contemporary service. We should have a picture of that, perhaps, of the, the contemporary service and leading us into that. And then years later, he had the vision for the seats that you're sitting in today to touch more lives for Christ in DuPage County and, and to move the, the church to, the, to this campus, to buy property that wasn't for sale and leading us to this campus in 2008. In Glen Heck is a man of prayer, a young 94-year-old man of prayer, and he was called in a special way to pray during this time, this time of transition from moving from downtown Wheaton to the campus that we had, that we have today. I'd like Glenn to talk about that time of prayer. Good morning. I'm Glenn Heck. I first attended the Wheaton Bible Church in 1948. So I served as the elder of the chairman from, 19, from 2004 to 2006. When Wheaton Bible Church was being led to move to the new location here in West Chicago, God called on me to seriously pray. Once every week for months, I would drive over by Rob's house and in my car pray for him and the family. Rob welcomed all the prayer he and other board members could provide. In addition, I would drive daily to the new location and pray over the building in our congregation and for the new community in which we were moving into. Today, my prayer for is that God continues to bless this church and, that, and for God to continue to gift, guard, and guide you, Rob, and your family and beyond this day, which is your very special day. Thank you. Thank you, Glenn. What a wonderful call to prayer. We all need to be more about uh, praying deeply for our church and for our pastors and our entire staff. The 
Other initiatives that Rob has helped to lead are those globally. And we should have a picture here of Rob in Ethiopia. I will mention that I had a chance to go on this trip, and we do have some adventures with Rob stories that won't be told today. But the, um, you can ask him about those, those stories. But this is a um, wonderful medical missionary, one of our physicians, uh, Dr. Harold Adolph, who was ministering in southern Ethiopia. And Rob was teaching there, opening the word of God to thousands of Ethiopians, some of whom had walked days just to be able to hear Rob preach and open the word of God. They were scattered all across the, the, the dirt there um, and listening to the, to the word of God from, from Rob. Rob has also moved us globally into initiatives like Hope Kenya, uh, where we're serving um, and highlighting our um, and reaching people in unreached areas of northern Kenya. And Rob has also been a part of our MOVE initiative. The MOVE initiative was this unique period of time in Europe's history where Muslims and other immigrants were pouring into Europe and they could be reached for the gospel. And Rob spearheaded our initiative, the MOVE initiative, to touch those lives of people that we would normally not be able to share the gospel with, those that had moved into Europe. The other things that Rob is um, always doing is visiting with missionaries, having the chance to do that, and we see three things when he travels globally. One, he sees the unique ways that God is um, serving, or that God is impacting lives in different areas of the, of the world, and seeing that firsthand. Two, he opens the Word of God and uses his leadership gifts in that context. And three, he has a dramatic impact to the lives of our missionaries. It's an incredible encouragement to our missionaries when our senior pastor visits them and, and serves with them. But Rob has also been a key part of our local ministries, our Puente ministry. Just a couple miles from here, we're touching the lives of those here in DuPage County that are underserved. And Rob has been a, a key part in driving that initiative, our Puente ministry. And then also locally to expand our ministry to multi-site. And we just celebrated our Tri-Village uh, three-year anniversary just a few weeks ago. And now we're going to move out in faith into, we went north, now we're going to go south, touching the lives again for the gospel of Christ uh, here in DuPage County by opening a campus in, in the Warrenville area, God willing, in 2020. So Rob has been faithfully serving us and leading us in these initiatives and touching our lives both personally and as a congregation. John? I served as elder chairman from 2016 through 2018, and uh, as I had the opportunity to work more closely with Rob, two things struck me. One, Rob is an incredible leader, and he's an assertive leader. But then the other thing that came into focus for me was he's a, a very humble man. And you know, it's a rare thing that someone can be an assertive leader and be humble all at the same time and keep that in balance. That was a wonderful thing to see. Well, on behalf of the congregation, it's my privilege to present two gifts to Rob. Rob, perhaps you could join me on the platform. Thank you, Neil. Okay. The first is this beautiful box of gratitude, and this is special. A uh, couple of special things about this, Rob. Number one, G. John on our staff made this from a beautiful walnut wood 
taken from the front of the sanctuary at Main and Franklin. Now, many of you may know that we sold uh, that property to St. John Lutheran Church, and it would probably be best if we keep it among ourselves that G. John (laughs) liberated this beautiful walnut wood. Just perhaps we keep it in the room. The wonderful thing about this, Rob, it is absolutely packed with letters from the congregation expressing their love and respect to you. And I think you will enjoy reading through those. The second uh, thing that we want, our gift we want to present is this Bible. It's a EVS Gospel Transformation Study Bible. And this, I think, Rob, is so appropriate because of your love for God's Word. And through these 25 years, you preaching the truth to us in love and you keeping us grounded theologically through all that time. So our love and respect for you, your love for God's Word. Thank you, John. Jim's going to lead us in prayer. Do you want me to lead these? Yeah. Just stay here. This time, as we pray uh, with Rob, we'd like to invite all of our past and present elders who are in this service uh, to come up and join us. And Rob, would you join us here for prayer? Would you please stand with us as we pray? Dear God, We come before you at this moment in time, praising you for your faithfulness, your faithfulness throughout all history, your faithfulness to this church, and especially this morning, your faithfulness to us through the ministry of Dr. Rob Boo. We praise you for his family. We praise you for uh, the love that they share with us, and we praise you for each person here this morning who worships you and serves you. We praise you this morning for your word so faithfully spoken through Rob to us. We praise you for your guidance through the ups and downs in this church and in DuPage County and around the world. We praise you for your love and mercy expressed to us through Jesus Christ, your Son. Now we pray for your guidance going forward. We pray that you would guide and guard our hearts as a church and especially for Rob as he continues to lead us. We pray that your gifts would flow through him and that for the next 25 years you would use him for your glory. We thank you, dear God, for this man, your man, your servant, Rabu, and we praise you forevermore in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, I have very good news for you. I will not be here for another 25 years. 
but I'm not leaving tomorrow. I don't know how to get my mind around 25 years with you all. Um, there's a couple things I want to say. Um, the first thing that I want to say, in spite of the difficulty that our families have been through and the loss of Tom and the loss of Carol, um, this last 25 years have been the best 25 years of my life. And you have made it so. Not easy years, but wonderful years, and words can't express how much Rhonda and I appreciate your prayers, your support, your encouragement, and your love. I want to thank you, Rhonda. Right there, okay. I thought maybe you're with the grandkids. Um, for putting up with me in the midst of your very busy medical practice as a physician, for the incredible fun we have as we travel, get the opportunity to travel all over the world, and for Rhonda's leadership of this huge family and all the chaos. I was making an airport run last night, picking up Ryan and Taylor from Midway, and I called Rhonda and said, I'll be home soon, and I, I said, how's it going? And she said, it is just crazy here. And that's been our lives in this large, wonderful, blended family. And it wouldn't happen without you as the stepmom and the bio mom and my wife. So thank you, dear. You've been awesome. <laughs> Psalm 133 in verse 1 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people d dwell together in unity. Now there have been our moments, but for the better part of 25 years, I have experienced incredible good and pleasant. As we have dwelled, lived together in uh, unity, an amazing unity that God has given us as leaders, as elders, as staff, and uh, throughout uh, the congregation. I, I can't wait. Actually, creation is waiting for the love we have demonstrated, for our acts of service and sacrifice together, for all the impact we have had as a church for the 90 years of Wheaton Bible Church, I can't wait for eternity to reveal what he has done through God's people here at Wheaton Bible Church. What he has done, is doing, and will do through you. I want to say unequivocally that Wheaton Bible Church, you are a wonderful church. You Men and women, you students, you children, you are wonderful people, and I want to thank you. I can't express how grateful I am. I want to say a couple of things, uh, and I'll be very uh, reasonably brief for me, let me put it that way. <laughs> 25 years ago, on my first Sunday here in early September, and my very first sermon as a young pastor here at Wheaton Bible Church, and this was right after Noah's flood, so it was a while ago, <laughs> I um, began by doing a series on the Old Testament book of Joshua. And I don't remember much about that sermon. I don't remember much about that series. I'm sure it wasn't very good. I really didn't know what I was talking about back then. Um, but I do remember within the first two or three minutes making a statement that Joshua was not about Joshua, Joshua was about God. 
You know, the Bible isn't about the Bible. The Bible's about Jesus Christ. My life, my ministry isn't about me. It's about God. And when the Spirit makes that click, it changes how we approach the Bible. It changes how we approach life. It changes how we approach ministry because it gives us a fundamental wholeness and security and intactness where we don't need because we have already received, right? We have received everything in, in Jesus Christ. And to the extent we live in light of a, a bleeding and dying Savior who gave everything for us, we live transformed lives. My biggest, I'm going to talk about two things. Uh, my biggest desire for you as a church for 25 years has been that you would have confidence in the Bible. That you would love being a Bible reader. That the Bible would be more important to you than ESPN or Netflix or Hulu or Facebook. And that in the Bible, you would find the fountain of life. Not because of the Bible, but because the Bible reveals Jesus. And as Paul says, um, and we all who are being transformed uh, by the Lord are being transformed as we contemplate the beauty and the glory of Jesus Christ. And it's the Bible that enables us to contemplate Jesus. And my desire for you has always been that you would be a man, you would be a woman, you would be a student that contemplates Jesus as you contemplate his word. And I have been the recipient of seeing you take wonderful steps into the Word of God, wonderful steps into living what we call this gospel-centered life, where life isn't about what I got to do, life is about what uh, Jesus Christ has always uh, done, and I, I want to say thank you for loving the Word with me. You know, pastors make churches, and churches make pastors, and you have made me, and you have given me a growing hunger for the Word of God. Now let me move from the Bible, let me talk about prayer for just a second. In Exodus chapter 17, we have this incredible picture of Aaron and Hur holding up Moses' arms on the mountaintop, while in the valley below, the Israeli army is fighting a life and death battle with uh, her enemies. And there's a metaphor here, there's a picture because as long as Moses' arms are held up, Israel wins. And so the picture is that what happens on the mountaintop determines what happens on the valley below. That uh, prayer dictates progress. That prayer secures peace. That prayer uh, changes things. And so I want to say to you, thank you, thank you, thank you for holding up my arms for 25 years by your prayers, by your rebukes, uh, by your encouragement, by, by your love for me, your love for our family. I had lunch on Friday, Chuck and I had a, Chuck Steer and I had a long lunch and 
Chuck told me that Rob, for over 20, almost 26 years, he's been praying regularly for me. And so have many of you. And thankful, thank you, you lovely people of Wheaton Bible Church, uh, for your hunger for the Word, for your commitment to prayer, because the Holy Spirit has taken your prayer to fashion me into the husband and the father, which not, is not incidental to my life, but central to the husband and father, pastor, preacher, and leader that I am today. And it's been your prayer that has determined what takes place in the valley below. I am an ordinary man. I heard the word imperfect about 30 times today. <laughs> and Hannibal, who knows me as well as anybody, just said amen. <laughs> and I would put together your resume. <laughs> but I am a very ordinary man who has been called by an extraordinary Savior who's had the privilege for 25 years to serve an extraordinary church. So let's forget about me and let's focus on Jesus. And I just want to say thank you and thank you very much for making me who I am. time to pray for Pastor Rob. Where, right where you are, just in the, in the intimacy of your own heart, just lift up prayers before the Lord. Say, Lord, thank you for the life of our pastor. Pray for him. Pray prayers of blessings upon his life. Prayers of blessings upon his wife and his children and his grandchildren. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for his life. Take a moment. Now pray for our church. Lord, keep moving in our church, Lord. We are expectant, Lord, of what you have for us today and tomorrow in the community that you have planted us. Lord, we want to seek the goodness of this community. Move among us, Lord, with signs and wonders. We pray to you, Lord. And I'll take a moment to adore him and worship him. Say, Lord, we adore you. We worship you. There is no one like you. There is no one like you. There's no better way to finish this service than to worship the Lord in singing. And we have a special element of this time of our singing. We have our dear brother, Tim Botts, who's going to be writing and drawing a special verse, a special prayer. And I pray this will be the prayer of our church before the Lord. They 
fail not as thou hast been now forever will be so we sing great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies I see and all
John chapter 3 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. As we finish our service today, the greater gift we can give our pastor is to have Jesus as the only object of our affection. Thanks for coming. We love you. You are sent.
I'm after 